Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky Athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be asking the question, do the Kentucky Wildcats have the tools to make a deep NCAA tournament run? Also, on today's episode, we are going to be previewing uh, the NCAA tournament. We're going to be going through the bracket. So if you are listening to this post uh, live, if you're watching on YouTube, really appreciate you tuning in. If you're listening to this post live and you still have time to fill out your NCAA tournament bracket, Go ahead, get your printed out bracket, go pull it up on ESPN.com while you're following along with us. I'm going to go through every single game. Not going to take as long as I did last year, but I'm going to try and get through it uh, in every single game. What's up, Ryan? What's up, Silent Compton? (laughs) Compton's in here first. Really appreciate you guys hanging out with me. We're going to be predicting the bracket in just a little bit. Thank you guys so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube and if you have not liked and subscribed uh, to the channel, please go ahead and do so. Let's see if we can get some likes on this video. We have officially surpassed 3,500 subs. Really, really big for the program. Let's keep it going up to 4K. Excited about where the channel is heading. All right. The question, does Kentucky basketball actually have the tools to make a run in the NCAA tournament. So on yesterday's episode, I talked to you guys about how Kentucky could realistically have a path to the Final Four. It was not a prediction. It was just, this could be an outcome. It was just discussing the possibilities of what the Wildcats could do in the tournament. Now we're going to get to actually predicting what the what Kentucky does, at least what I think they're going to do later on in the show. But before I get to that, I want to ask you guys, does, do the Wildcats actually have these tools, the individual players, the staff, the chemistry, all this good stuff? Do they have that ability to make the, make the run? Do they have that dog in them? Uh, in this case, do they have that cat in them? Uh, I, I would suppose. Thank you guys so much for liking the video, by the way. I appreciate that. So what does a national championship contending, a Final Four, an Elite Eight caliber team, what does that team have? Well, I think something that has been a common refrain over the past decade or so has been looking at analytics and discussing, oh, well, this team statistically had this offensive efficiency, this team had this defensive efficiency. I'm not going to discard that because it. I'm not saying that I'm going to discard it because it doesn't fit the narrative or whatever that I'm trying to, to sell here, but I am going to just look more at what Kentucky has done as far as the eye test goes. I think that's a little bit important whenever you apply context to maybe some of these numbers uh, over these past several years for individual teams that have made runs similar to what I think the Wildcats could do. Uh, Again, I'm not predicting them to do it. I'm just saying that they might. Something that has been a hallmark of really, really good uh, championship caliber teams is a team that has a solid defense. As we all know, Kentucky is above average in defensive efficiency so far this season. They are 75th nationally in adjusted uh, efficiency on defense. That is uh, that's above average uh, by a pretty good margin. If you don't know, there are 363 teams in Division I college basketball. So that's uh, right there in the top third uh, of, the, of the nation. So you look at the Wildcats, though, whenever they've actually played against good offenses this season, 
you start to realize that maybe that metric, that 75th nationally, uh, that number there, isn't telling a true story because it's an average, right? It's an average of the opponents Kentucky has played and how their offenses have performed against the Wildcats and their defense. Kentucky, against really good offenses this season, has struggled. They gave up 89 to Missouri. They gave up 78 to Alabama, both games on the road. They gave up 88 to Arkansas at home uh, just a couple of weeks ago, or just a few weeks ago, actually. It's about a month ago now. Uh, They have given up points at times. They gave up uh, quite a bit to Vanderbilt in the SEC tournament, gave up 80, if I'm not mistaken. They have the ability to break down on defense, and it's because of a couple of things. They really struggle to not keep uh, opponents off the foul line at times against teams that are really, really good at drawing fouls. They are susceptible to kind of having that issue of putting teams on the line. And statistically, teams, for some reason, have just made their free throws against Kentucky. It's not hurt a lot of opponents this season. Kentucky is is near the near last in the country in opponent free throw percentage. You can't really chalk that up to anything other than the fact that Kentucky has gone up against opponents that just knock down their free throws. So, and th- th- there's that aspect of it. There's also the aspect of Kentucky not being able to guard the rim. I think numbers may indicate that Kentucky's actually a little bit better at that as opposed to the three-point shot, which is neither here nor there. We can talk about individual matchups as we work through the tournament with how Kentucky may protect the rim, so to speak, in, in, in each individual game. Kentucky doesn't have an elite defense, as past teams the national title games have, or at least a borderline elite defense. But I think the defense overall is still solid. They're still good overall in terms of effective field goal percentage. They don't allow offensive rebounds. And they create a decent amount of turnovers, at least ones that are, are steals. Um, and they work, make teams work. According to uh, Kim Palm, they are 308th nationally in a average possession length on defense. They really do make opponents work for what they want to get uh, for, for a consistent period of time there in the half court. I, I, I think that you could make the argument that a team does not need a shutdown Virginia-style defense to make the national title, but the statistics aren't doing Kentucky any favors, and quite frankly, what they've done against good opponents on offense this year has not given me the indication that they have the ability to win that national title with the defense that they are currently playing. The offense, on the other hand, is interesting. Most teams in the past, at least I think almost, yeah, almost all of them, have had a very efficient offense. More so than their defense, they've had a very efficient offense. Kentucky's top 15 in that category. They grab a ton of offensive rebounds. They don't get blocked. They shoot the three at a decent clip, and they get out and run whenever they have opportunities. Right now, uh, according to Ken Palm, they get their 30th nationally in percentage of points that they get from inside the arc. 56.3% are two pointers of Kentucky's entire offense. They get to the rim at a decent clip. And the fact that Kentucky is also discovering uh, their three-point shot with individual players here late, I think is refreshing. I think it's nice. Uh, I'm very excited to see Cason Wallace back and playing healthy after his game against Vanderbilt was kind of eh. Uh, I want to see this team and their guards find their rhythm here. And I believe they can because they've shown at different points this season that they can do that. They have the offense to make a run in the NCAA tournament. The defense is kind of eh there. 
But here's where I want to go back to, to kind of give the uh, give my comparison here for why I think maybe Kentucky does have the tools. Look at last year's national title runner-up, North Carolina. They were 18th nationally in adjusted efficiency on offense. They were 35th on defense. They were one of the worst teams in the country in creating turnovers, but they didn't allow offensive rebounds. Their opponent shot well from the foul line. They were solid at protecting the interior. Actually, statistically compared to Kentucky, I hate that that I closed close that tab out. Statistically compared to Kentucky, and it's completely gone. I'm going to have to pull that back up. Uh, compared to Kentucky, yeah, they're right there uh, with each other in terms of two-point percentage. Last year, North Carolina was 87th. Uh, this year, Kentucky is 88th. I mean, from a number standpoint, they're very similar. From a number standpoint, they do they do make a lot of sense. Kentucky also has shooters. Antonio Reeves is forty percent. Cason Wallace is thirty four and thirty four point seven. That's above the national average. National average is about thirty three. Jacob Toppin has been really solid with his shot as of late. You've got the offense to make it go, and the personnel I think is very similar to what Kentucky, what North Carolina had last year, because last season. North Carolina had Leaky Black, they had Caleb Love, they had R.J. Davis, they had Armando Baycott, they had Brady Manick. And this season, Kentucky, I think, has very similar comps. You've got the big man down low that can score and grab rebounds consistently. You've got the Brady Manick-style kid and Jacob Toppin who can shoot the three. He doesn't shoot it as much, but I think the versatility makes up for that. Cason Wallace and Antonio Reeves or Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. Straight up. If they can find some rhythm, they can get. if Cason Wallace can get that confidence, there you have it. And then you have your glue guy, your leaky blacks of the world, with guys like Chris Livingston. I think that, that there's a some, somewhat reasonable comp there for last year's uh, runner-up North Carolina and uh, the Kentucky Wildcats this season. So I think that Kentucky has the tools Statistics may not back it up on defense, but I certainly think that, like we've talked about, at any point, Kentucky, if they get hot, they could do a lot of great things. And if they take, if they if they make dumb decisions, and they do things like take thirty mid range shots in a game, and you don't have your lead guards clicking and you can't protect the rim as consistently and you aren't, aren't getting back on defense, if, if you're not playing solid basketball, you'll lose. We've seen the ups, we've seen the downs, but it does not, I think, take away from the fact that it's true Kentucky does have the tools. They just may not make it. And so I want to transition now to talking about the NCAA tournament. I want to predict the entire NCAA tournament with you guys. So again, if you've got your bracket, go ahead and and pull it out. If you uh, have not joined the bracket pool, by the way, the Locked On Kentucky Bracket Challenge, you can see it in the links uh, in the description, both on podcast and on YouTube. If you're watching live with us right now, you can click that link down there to the uh, ESPN Tournament Bracket uh, Challenge, and you can follow along with us there. I'm going to pull it up here on stream so that you guys can see it. Uh, Before we do all of that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. As we've mentioned The midway point of the NBA season has come and gone, and it is the perfect time right now to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. 
New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three, uh, threes drained. You've also got player prop, uh, prop yeah, player props. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So, don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, continuing along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate everybody watching live. If you would, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. You're not going to miss out on anything uh, if you do not or if you do subscribe to the show. Make sure you're hanging out with us through this NCAA tournament and kind of heading into the summer, thinking about what could be with this next year's Kentucky Wildcats team. Going to have a lot of stuff coming up for you guys uh, in the next coming months. So, Kentucky basketball. In the NCAA tournament, I'm going to go ahead and pull this up, actually, and I hope you guys can see it. The NCAA tournament here on uh, on the ESPN's Bracket Challenge. We're going to go through all of it, every single bit of it here. So if you have your bracket at home and you're listening to this post live and you still can, let's fill it out together. And if you're watching live, we can also talk about that as well on here. Just want to make sure you guys can see this. If you can see the bracket in chat, please uh, please let me know just to make sure that I'm doing all of this correctly. I want to start here in the South region, obviously in the uh, in the top left of the bracket, with Alabama uh, against Texas A&M CC. They beat uh, Southeast Missouri State, I believe, just last night. Very competitive game, very fun game. Uh, but, the, uh, but the Crimson Tide, I think, probably take that game. Actually, we'll go ahead in all of our regions here. We'll go ahead and select the one seed uh, as, as victors. Moving along here on uh, on the uh, on the bracket again. If you guys can't if you can't see it, let me know. If you can, uh, leave, leave leave a comment as well. In the South region, number eight Maryland versus number nine West Virginia. Maryland has not been playing great basketball as of late. To be fair, neither has West Virginia. I think I'm going to take the Mountaineers in this one just because I've watched quite a bit of them for this see uh, for uh, I've watched quite a bit of them this year for whatever reason. I don't know why they play with a lot of grit. They play with a lot of uh, uh, competitive spirit. Ryan says, yes, we can see it. Uh, awesome. Thank you guys uh, uh, for letting me know. I was really worried that it wasn't going to work for some reason. I, I'm going to pick the Mountaineers. Uh, I'm going to pick the Mountaineers in this one. San Diego State against number 12, Charleston. This one could be interesting. Charleston is a team that likes to shoot a lot of threes. San Diego State, if I'm not mistaken, has a really solid defense. That's kind of been their that's kind of been their thing so far this year. Yeah, opponents po- points per game sixty three point six. I'm sure Ken Palm, Haslam, uh, Torvik probably uh, reflect similar things. I went through my my bracket at home uh, yesterday, and I tried to do as much research as I possibly could. I picked Charleston in my in my paper bracket. I'm also going to pick it here. Uh, I don't know why. I just feel good about it. Sure, you can't consistently rely on these mid-major hot shooting teams to do much in March. Occasionally, they'll give you something special. I think this is that one game. I'm going to pause for water here so that I, that I don't run uh, lose my voice midway through this. All right, moving along. Virginia versus Furman. Taking Virginia. Uh, I think that they suffocate the defense there. I'm also going to go ahead and take Virginia to, to uh, win that next round game in the round of 32 against Charleston. I think they're going to be suffocating. Creighton. 
has been one of the more consistent teams in the uh, in the NCAA tournament this season. They've lost a lot of really close games. They're going up against a two-guard combo at NC State. That's really, really solid. I'm still taking Creighton. I like their shooting. I like their spacing. I think they've got a good coach. I think they're solid. I've watched quite a bit of them this season as well. Uh, I'm impressed with, uh, with what I've seen out of Creighton so far this year. Baylor, I'm also going to pick them to beat UC Santa Barbara. After looking at the Gauchos, I'm not particularly impressed with them statistically uh, they've not done a lot to show like hey we could expose an opponent in this area or that area it's just kind of been just kind of been eh so I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take uh, Baylor to win that game Missouri and Utah State as much as I want to take Missouri in this game I'm gonna take Utah State I really did want to see Missouri and Arizona uh, match up I really do I think that'll be a competitive game. But Utah State, their metrics this year are like genuinely surprising. They have a really solid strength of schedule. They have a very fun offense. They play with pace. They shoot well. They're efficient on both ends of the floor. The Mountain West apparently was no joke this season. I'm very impressed with uh, w- with what happened uh, in, in, the, uh, in the Mountain West with teams like Boise and, and San Diego State this year. So I'm going to be taking Utah State uh, here. Arizona over Princeton. I think this is pretty straightforward. I'm going to finish this region, and then we're going to move on to the uh, to the to the uh, Midwest region here. I think Alabama is going to beat West Virginia. I think Alabama will also beat Virginia. I'm going to pick Creighton to beat Baylor, which may not be a wise decision because of how many games the Blue Jays have lost closely uh, this year. But I'm going to take Creighton, and I'm also going to take Arizona over Utah State. But I think this is a sneaky fun matchup right here: Utah State and Arizona. Sneaky fun matchup. I'm actually going to take Creighton over Arizona. I think that the Blue Jays may have a run in them. And again, I just really like the way that they play on offense. You guys may disagree with me on this. Uh, If you do, you can leave a comment and explain why. I'm going to take Bama to make the Final Four over Creighton. I just, for some reason, really like the Blue Jays to make a run in the bracket this year. There's not like a crazy reason why. I just feel it. I just got a, I just got a weird feeling. Also, I want to be very clear. I may not end up being right uh, about this. Just just straight up, I may end up being completely wrong uh, about every single pick that I make here. I'm not trying to tell you, hey, I'm right and and I'm definitively going to be right. We're all just sitting here projecting, uh, just trying to make uh, a fun prediction here. So if you disagree with something, you may end up very well being right. Nobody really knows what's going to happen here. Houston over Northern Kentucky. We're going to pick the Cougars there. I'm going to take Auburn over Iowa for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I really do like the the defense the the Tigers have played so far this year outside of their game against Kentucky. And on top of that, they're getting to play in Birmingham. That's a home game for them. I'm actually going to be at that region watching that game among others. I, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Tigers in that one. I'm taking Drake over Miami. This seems like a very popular upset pick. I'm taking it here. That's two 12 seeds that I've decided to take. Miami, we don't know the status of their be- one of their best players, Nor- uh, Orchad Nomir, or Norchad Omir, uh, who actually uh, was, was questioning whether or not he would be able to make it to uh, Kentucky uh, last offseason. Uh, could have been a, been a potential wildcat there. I'm going to take Indiana over Kent State. I'm going to take Iowa State over Pittsburgh. I'm going to take Xavier over Kennesaw State. And here's a fun matchup. This may be the most fun 7-10 matchup in the, in the tournament. Texas A&M, Penn State. Penn State has one dude, one dude 
that is just extremely, extremely solid all around. Jalen Pickett uh, is the guard here for the uh, for the Nittany Lions. It's a, it's a, I think it's a very solid matchup. A and M was heavily underseeded. Penn State likes to shoot the three. I think they're second nationally in points uh, per game uh, from three percentage of points per game from three rather. But I'm going to take the Aggies. I think that they have shown all around just solidarity uh, so far this season, despite uh, maybe losing a couple of games that they that they shouldn't have earlier on in the year. I think that their guards, like Wade Taylor, uh, really like what they're doing, getting to the rim, drawing fouls. I think they finish better at the rim than a lot of other teams in the country in terms of the way that they physically attack the rim. Uh, I've seen them in person a couple of times. Uh, I'm impressed with the Aggies and what they do uh, as a whole. Picking Texas over Colgate. Can't lose to toothpaste. That's uh, rule number two here on the show. Rule, rule number one is similar to Josh Pate. Can't lose to food. And then we have the round of 32 in the Midwest region. I'm taking Houston over Auburn. Indiana over Drake. Taking Xavier over uh, over um, Iowa State. And then I'm taking, taking uh, Texas over Texas A&M. This one is going to be a sneaky matchup. This one's going to be a fun one. I think that right now the Aggies and the Longhorns are playing some of their best basketball of the season. And I know that it sounds lame to go chalk here, but let's be completely honest. Outside of the past couple of years, how many times have you seen every single region just have crazy upsets? I think some of them are going to have upsets, but I think this is going to end up being pretty chalk uh, in this region. I'm taking Houston and Texas over Indiana and Xavier, and then I'm taking Texas to make the Final Four after seeing the way that they beat Kansas in the uh, in the uh, Big 12 uh, championship game. I'm impressed, as are a lot of other, other people, by the way. A lot of people, and I mean a lot of people, are picking um, are, are picking Texas to make the uh, to make the uh, the final four here. What's up, Athir? See you in chat. Appreciate you hanging out here with us, going through the NCAA tournament. That is two regions down. So Bama out of the South region and Texas out of the Midwest region again. If you guys agree, if you guys disagree with the uh, with the picks here. Leave any YouTube comments if you're listening post live or live. And if you're listening on podcast, you can also hit me up at Locked On UK. You can send me a screenshot of your bracket. Or you can do what I've recommended already, which is go ahead and join the bracket pool uh, for the uh, Locked On Kentucky uh, channel here. We've already got like 35 people in there, which is really, really awesome to see. All right. Want to scroll down here to the East and the West regions. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's go ahead and do Kentucky's region with the East, Purdue. Over Texas Southern, or I, actually, I think Texas Southern won that game. Did that game already happen? I think it did. Maybe it happens tonight. This is a fun 8-9 matchup here. All the 8-9 matchups uh, this season are a lot of fun. Memphis and Florida Atlantic. Hasla Metrics says that this is, like, not even, like, a one-point game either way. It, like, it literally says it may take, take a couple of overtimes to figure this one out. These two teams are very, very, very comparable. Not statistically just from a matchup perspective, I think they both offset each other in a couple different ways. If I'm not mistaken, Florida Atlantic is significantly slower paced than Memphis is, but Florida Atlantic also shoots the ball really well. I like the Tigers in this one. Florida Atlantic could end up winning this one by uh, by, by a mile. I, these two teams both have very, very strong uh, individual efforts, and I, I think overall just are very solid teams from a number standpoint. Again, I did most of my research yesterday. So I'm trying not to like bore y'all to death with a bunch of numbers and stuff. Duke and Oral Roberts. This is another 5-12 matchup that people really, really like. I'm picking Duke. 
I do like Max Asmus. I do like Oral Roberts. I acknowledge the fact that they're on, I think, the nation's longest winning streak right now. But I think this one's going to be, I think this one's going to be too much for them. I think Duke is playing really good basketball right now, and that's part of it. Just playing with a lot of momentum in March. Athir in chat says the biggest test for the uh, test for the Cats is to, uh, me and K-State and uh, Michigan State. They win these games. They play in Houston. My Cats have experience. Oh, so you're a K-State fan. You're a K-State fan. Well, I really appreciate you hopping on to watch the uh, watch the uh, tournament here. I think that uh, I think that Kentucky and Kansas State are very evenly matched as well. Hasla uh, ag- agrees with that sentiment. We'll get to that prediction in just a second. You may not like it. You may you may enjoy it. We'll have to see. Tennessee, Louisiana. Tennessee wins this game. After looking at Louisiana, sure they've got a couple of different pieces, but statistically they are just kind of meh in a lot of different areas. Now let's be clear. Kentucky could end up losing, or excuse me, I'm sorry, Tennessee could end up losing to Louisiana because they're without their lead guard, Zakai Ziegler. That guy was a lot for them. He was very important for them. He was vital. But I think Tennessee's defense ends up smothering them and allowing them to get to the next round. So, pretty chalk here in this first half of the East region. Obviously, I'm picking Kentucky over Providence, and I'm not saying obviously, like, obviously they're going to win. I'm saying obviously, like, if I pick against them, you guys will kill me. Um... Kind of joking. And also, I do think the Wildcats win. Bryce Hopkins in this game, he is the X factor, right? If he ends up not going off, who do they turn to? They've got one other solid guard that they depend on in a lot of different possessions outside of Hopkins. If Kentucky can figure Bryce out instead of letting him go crazy, which the matchup against Jacob Toppin and Chris Livingston should be really fun, uh, Wildcats should, should win this one. They should. Emphasis on should. Want to be very clear here. So I pick, uh, I'm picking Kentucky to make it. Kansas State over Montana State. Very similar to Louisiana and the fact that I just don't see anything statistically that's like crazy to me. Um, but I am going to pick the, uh, the Wildcats of Kansas State to face off against the Wildcats of Kentucky. Michigan State and USC. Picking USC here. I think Michigan State has been a solid out uh, so far this season. But I'm picking the Trojans and their length. They played a really close game against Miami in the tournament last year and lost. I think they're going to find a way to pick one up this year. I'm going to pause for water again. I, I really do think the Trojans may have a little bit of fire in them uh, for this uh, for this upcoming matchup. Uh, Lance, I love your show. Always be excited to watch this. I'll say I will say this. You might not agree agree with me, my bro. I, I, yeah, we may not agree on the brackets, but I do appreciate you hanging out and watching as well. Um, and again, Athir, if, you, if you've not joined the uh, Kentucky Bracket Pool, link is in the uh, description on uh, on the live here and on podcast if you're listening there as well. Marquette over Vermont. We only have one upset. And to be completely honest with you, I don't really think it's that much of an upset with Kentucky and USC in this region. I want to pick Memphis so bad over Purdue. But here's how, it's, here's how I think it's going to shake out. I think Duke beats Purdue. I think Duke beats Tennessee. Purdue beats Memphis, and then Duke beats Purdue. That's how I see it shaking out. I think Duke right now is playing really good basketball. A lot of people do. You're going to see my Final Four end up being very similar to a lot of folks. The moment the bracket came out, before I went live on Sunday, I ran through and and did, did picks. And I had a Final Four that is very similar to a lot of people's out there. Um, so you're going to see a lot of similarities to some other folks. And if you're upset, over the fact that I, I'm not necessarily playing it different. You know what? I'm not trying to, I'm trying to be as genuine as possible in predicting these games. I'm not trying to just 
say, oh, I think this is going to happen when I don't. I'm going to try and be legit. Marquette over USC. And then this is the game. This is the game that all, a lot of you guys are, are kind of worried about. Worried about it's, um, it's Kansas State versus Kentucky. Couple of things here. Kansas State plays really good defense. Efficient defense. It's, it's efficient defense. The Wildcats play kind of eh defense. But they have a really good offense. Kansas State kind of has an eh offense. These two teams offset, and according to Hasla, Kentucky wins this game. According to Hasla metrics, metrics, if you run it, Kentucky wins the game. If you run it in Torvik, Kentucky wins the game. But it's only by a couple of points. I know that Athir is, uh, just based on my understanding, is a, is a Kansas State fan, but I'm going to end up taking the Wildcats here. I'm going to take Kentucky to win this game, and I think they lose to Marquette. That's what I think happens. I think Kentucky gets to the Sweet 16. They lose to Marquette. Duke makes the Final Four after beating Marquette. It could end up being Marquette, but I think it's going to be the Blue Devils. This is where I think Kentucky ends up. Sweet 16. I think that that's reasonable. I think that that's fair. I think it's almost exceeding our expectations because even guys like Ryan and Chad say, say that they've got Kansas State over Kentucky. Makes sense. So do with that what you will. And we'll move on to the final region. I think if y'all disagree with that, you can let me know in the comments below. If you think, if you think, uh, oh, Kat's a, uh, no, Lance, uh, you're, you, you've been a bro since 1994. Okay, sweet. My bad. Sorry. Sorry for misinterpreting there. Final region. I think that Arkansas and Illinois is going to be a great matchup. Taking the Hogs there. St. Mary's taking them over VCU over, uh, even though a lot of people want that matchup. A lot of people want those 5-12 matchups, which I get, but at the same time, I don't. Taking UConn, and I'm taking St. Mary's over UConn. Uh, you can argue with the wall. I don't really care. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't feel strongly about this matchup. But um, something about St. Mary's. UConn has also been a really solid team, according to Kim Pommel this year, this entire season. I, I'm still picking the Gales, and I think they'll match up against Kansas. And I really do want to take St. Mary's to the Elite Eight. We'll hold off on it because I'm still flip flip flopped on it. I think TCU beats whoever they play in the opening round, Arizona State or Nevada. I think Gonzaga wins this game. I think Boise State wins this game against Northwestern. I think UCLA wins. And then here's the upset. I'm taking Boise State over the Bruins. That's the big upset here. I think they make it to the uh, to the Sweet 16. I think the Broncos make it happen. Mountain West has been solid this season. Boise State's been a fun team. They play really good defense. Not a whole lot of uh, analysis in this one other than the fact that I'm just randomly going to spit this one out. I think that Boise State wins that game. Gonzaga wins this game against TCU, although that could be very competitive. And I think Gonzaga ends up making the Elite Eight after beating Boise State. I'll pick Kansas. And just to kind of to kind of keep things spicy here, I'll pick Gonzaga to, to, to make the Final Four. So my Final Four, here we have it. It is, and let me make sure I just have this correctly on my screen so that you guys are, are not like... An awkward position here. Yeah, there we are. Alabama and Duke, Texas, Gonzaga. I, I think this is very similar to a lot of other people's out there. Now, you could end up seeing a couple different things happen here, right? You could end up seeing, uh, you could end up seeing UConn beat Kansas and, and make the Final Four. I think this is a reasonable Final Four. Um, but hang on, let me make sure that I got all this correct. Yep. 
That could be a reasonable Final Four. I mean, anything could be a reasonable reasonable Final Four. Why am I gatekeeping Final Four predictions? But this is what I got. This is what I got. I think Bama beats Duke. I think Gonzaga beats Texas. And I think Bama beats Gonzaga in the national title game. I'll go 77 to 73 for the final score. There's no reason for that. Uh, I'm just throwing it out there. And I'll hit submit. I think Bama wins the national title. <laughs> you, you guys may not like it, but I, I don't feel great about it. Bama, Kentucky, Texas, UConn. Yeah, see, that's, that's, that's also another fair one. This could end up being a pretty blue blood, uh, pretty blue blood bracket. So, you guys, I think after the round of sixty four starts, you can look at my bracket in the uh, in the bracket pool uh, over on uh, ESPN. And again, if you have not uh, if you have not joined the group uh, over on over on ESPN, I already see some some more of you have, have uh, hopped in here, including Clint. What's up, Clint? Um, I got your stuff, by the way. I wore the shirt on an episode recently, and I forgot to point it out because my brain has just been all over the place. So I'll, I'll wear it again soon. But there you have it. That's my predictions for the NCAA tournament. That's my predictions for the bracket. Uh, if you've got any thoughts post-live, leave them in your YouTube comments below. Ryan says, was sad not being able to pick Ohio State, losing first round this year. Yeah, man, they couldn't. What did they finish? Like 13th, 14th in the Big Ten? I mean, they just completely wet the bed this year. <laughs> Uh, which is interesting for Ohio State basketball just kind of fall apart like that. But, yeah, that's all I got for today. I didn't want to make this show, uh, episode uh, crazy, crazy long. We've already been going for a hot minute here. So I think we're going to go ahead and end it. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys watching live here today. If you've not subscribed again, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel and make sure you like this video as well if you're watching live. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnUK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Dahl underscore, and you can follow the show on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.